Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's almost like the end of that sports report set the stage for where we're going to go today in our program. Hey, sometimes it happens that way. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. We have a doozy of a program today. Plenty of guests. We love when that happens. We also like when guests join us in studio. And there's plenty of that happening on our program this morning. Oh, yes. Doesn't happen often enough here. Trust me. Well, between now and 8 o'clock this morning, you are going to learn a lot about the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Now, you heard Erica mention at the end of her report the fact that Purple Stride New York City is upcoming next weekend. On uh, Saturday, we'll give you the information on that. We have a number of guests, as I've mentioned, joining us over the two hours of our program this morning, and I'm pleased to introduce in the first hour of our program two guests who start us off in uh, this discussion. Uh, In studio with us, um, first of all, Michael Rosen. Michael is the Chief Communications Officer uh, for PANCAN, which is the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. First of all, it's nice to have you uh, join us on our program. Thanks for having us. And also joining us uh, in studio, and this person is, I would say, being quite a trooper because she was out performing last night. (laughs) So I give anybody credit to have been performing on a Saturday night and still be here, be perky, (laughs) and be ready to be part of a radio discussion at 6 o'clock in the morning. Erin Willits is a singer, and she's got an interesting perspective to share with us in our discussion. It's nice to have you join us on our program. Thank you, Bob. And good morning to you as well. Good morning. Let's begin this uh, discussion. You know, I mentioned that term, pancreatic cancer, and we have done on this program a number of discussions, I guess, over the past, I think it's three years or four years um, on Purple Stride, New Jersey, uh, in November when that happens. And always had very interesting uh, discussions then. But a lot of people probably are unaware of exactly what pancreatic cancer is unless, in many cases, it has directly touched them or their families or perhaps somebody they know. Um, Michael, can you start us off? with, I guess, some background as to exactly what pancreatic cancer is. I'll mention the fact that also in the 7 o'clock hour of our program, we're going to get a little bit of the medical perspective from one of the guests who's going to join us because that's something that we have never really gotten into in uh, these discussions. How do you explain what pancreatic cancer is? And then let's dovetail into talking about the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Well, thanks, Bob. 
You know, so the, the pancreas is um, really uh, uh, hard to find. Is It's deep in the abdominal cavity, you know, behind the stomach and in front of the spine. So, and, and its role in the body is to regulate blood sugar and to break down food into fuel to power our cells. And so when that doesn't work correctly, when the cells are uh, irregular, um, you know, you, you, that's the onset, the onset of pancreatic cancer. Mm-hmm. The issue with pancreatic cancer, and, you know, you, you know this, Bob, it's so lethal, it's only 9% survive more than five years. It's um, devastating. 53,000 people every year get the call that you have pancreatic cancer. And 43,000, you know, don't make it more than uh, five years. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to talk about numbers. These are people, you know, fathers, mothers, right. sisters, brothers, our colleagues. So what the issue is with pancreatic cancer is because of where the pancreas is, it's hard to get at. And it's surrounded by this. And again, as you said, you have a, a medical expert, Victoria, uh, coming on at 8 o'clock, at 7 o'clock. But it's surrounded by a stroma, thick covering, which makes it hard to penetrate by chemotherapy and normal drugs. So that's why it's it's so lethal. Mm. And when we talk about the incidence of pancreatic cancer, I asked you this when we were talking before uh, we began this part of the program. Who is, I guess, most susceptible to pancreatic cancer? So what we've learned so far is that the risk factors include um, diabetes, uh, obesity. Some is hereditary. If there's somebody in your family who's had pancreatitis or if there's pancreatic cancer in your family, there's some evidence of, of increased rates among um, Ashkenazi Jews and African-Americans. So, And the signs of pancreatic cancer, Bob, are so subtle that sometimes people don't go to the doctor early enough, and the key is to go to your doctor. Because there's, you were saying to me that there's no real early detection. That's the issue. There's no really early detection test. And the signs, so, uh, you know, they could be abdominal pain or back pain, uh, weight loss, you know, indigestion, jaundice. Some of these signs, you know, people wake up and say, oh, I have a sore back, my back hurts Mm -hmm. today. You know, Mm -hmm. some of these signs could be just what people have in normal life. The key is if you're having unexpected weight loss, if you're, you know, if you're having indigestion, if you're noticing some jaundice, you have to see a doctor, and you have to see a doctor that specializes in pancreatic cancer. Is that a difficult thing to find? It's the people with this kind of expertise are are out there, but they're hard. You need to find them. You can't go to any doctor and uh, mm-hmm. if you're concerned about pancreatic cancer. I'd just like to to say that at PanCan. We have a, uh, an 877 number, and we want to urge anybody to call. If they, it's one eight seven seven two pancan the number 2 and then P-A-N-C-A-N. Advisors answer the phone. They can recommend clinical trials. They can recommend support services. They can find the nearest specialist in your area. So we just encourage anybody who has this fear of pancreatic cancer or knows somebody please call us and you'll get that advisor to walk you through the whole process, the same advisor. And we'll repeat that number in the course of our discussion. It's 877, the numeral 2, and the letter is P-A-N-C-A-N, PANCAN. Okay, PANCAN, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. We've used this term before. Erica used it in uh, promoting Purple Stride New York City. What is the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network? 
So we are the uh, only organization in the country that uh, works in advocacy on the Hill, trying to increase funding for pancreatic cancer. Capitol Hill, you're talking Capitol about. Capitol Hill, right. yep. We uh, work in awareness. We work in patient services, just what we're talking about, helping patients. We've gotten 154,000 telephone calls to our hotline. Um, and we work. We have this grassroots army, of which Aaron is a, is a leader of a million people around the country who go to these walks like the Purple Stride that we're, we're going to talk about. We have 58 affiliates around the country, 55 walks. So, you know, you'll see us doing advocacy, awareness, patient services. Um, we do, um, you know, there's a number of ways, and, and medical research, which is so important. Okay. You've intrigued me with a couple of different things. Advocacy on the Hill, because I'm always intrigued by this idea of um, pleas being made to our elected officials. Do they listen? You know, they do listen. Uh, you know, there's uh, competing concerns, obviously, mm -hmm. on Capitol Hill. Uh, we have some real champions. There's Senator Whitehouse of Rhode Island, whose mother passed away of pancreatic cancer, who's been a champion of ours. Since we've been working on Capitol Hill, we've increased funding 600% for pancreatic cancer. That's a lot. It's, it's a ton. We've, we've gotten uh, a, an act called the Recalcitrant Cancer uh, Act passed. So we're doing great work on the Hill. But, you know, 9% survival is not enough. Our goal at PanCan is to double survival by 2020. We started when it was 6% three years ago. We're at 9%, and we want to get to 12%, but that's not good enough. We don't want to say 2020, we're at 12%, and, and we're going to stop. I mean, that's just, mm -hmm. that's where we start, right? That's where we get going. Okay, we're going to pause in a couple of minutes, but would you, um, you know, I mentioned, Aaron, at the beginning of our discussion, can you kind of introduce us to her role with this effort? Well, there's not enough great words to describe. Whoa, Aaron boy. Really. What, what, a, what a setup <laughs> that was. Okay. Do you have an hour and a half for, oh, just for no. this setup? Oh, um, thank you, Mike. Um, Aaron is inspiring. Erin, uh, um, who she'll talk about her dad, Chuck, she lost her father. And just since that, and Erin was, uh, she's well known on television from a, as a semifinalist on The Voice. She was on also on the NBC reality show, Biggest Loser. But Erin turned her passion into action almost immediately, and everybody who meets her is overwhelmed. She's come to our office in California. She, last night, as you were saying, is, is doing a fundraiser. She, she wrote a song, which she'll talk about, and, and performed it in, in honor of people um, with the disease and, and performed it with, with survivors and caregivers. Uh, and Aaron is um, going to debut the song out of Purple Stride next week. So Aaron is um, a volunteer leader, and we depend on the passion of our volunteers. And with Aaron's passion, um, there's no stopping us. And you mentioned something very interesting as well of the fact that Aaron is a leader. Now, you used a, did you use a figure of a million people? Yeah, so we have a million volunteers. We're a volunteer-driven organization. Yes, we have a, a, a staff in California and New York and, and D.C., but we depend on the passion of our volunteers, everybody with a personal connection to pancreatic cancer. Our New York affiliate that's putting on Purple Stride, and you talked about New Jersey, these are all you've – met, you've met some of these people, Bob? These mm -hmm. are all volunteers who are leading this effort because they've lost a loved one or they are survivors themselves. Mm. Now, Aaron, and we have to break here in about a minute. Um, 
being a part of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, Purple Stride, what does this mean for you? It means so much for me because I have been there with my family and I know what it feels like. I can see and empathize so much with people who uh, unfortunately have the devastating news of a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. And it's, it's heartbreaking and you feel hopeless. And one of the key statements other than demand better for pancreatic cancer action network is wage hope. And that's something that this organization is trying to provide for a lot of people that don't feel like there is hope with something like a 9% survival rate. And for me to be able to, as simple as it is, use my talent of singing to uh, give back is really all I can do for an organization that did so much for my family when we were going through the diagnosis of pancreatic cancer. The show always is the fact of how much time I actually spend outside of the studio during the show. What's going on with that? <laughs> I, I tell you, I'm, I'm the busiest person here during a show on WFAN. It's amazing. Also, I should mention the fact, too, you can listen to WFAN anytime, anywhere. Simply download the Radio.com app and favorite us today. Yes, you can favorite us. And if you have Alexa, and I said goodbye to Alexa just before I left to come here today, you just say play WFAN Sports Radio 101.9 FM or play WFAN Sports Radio 66 and you'll be locked in to the fan. Gotta love that, Alexa. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. We're in a discussion on the uh, topic of pancreatic cancer. Uh, our guests really from the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network uh, in studio with us, the Chief Communications Officer, uh, Michael Rosen, and Erin Willett, who is a volunteer. She is, uh, by profession, a singer as well. And Erin before we paused for our update with uh, Erica, you were just starting to talk a little bit about the impact of your work with the network on your life, um, what that has meant to you. I, I, I'd be remiss if I did not ask you as well about um, when your father was diagnosed. All right. Um, I, I always... I always feel strange in these situations because, you know, you don't say, well, what was that like? Because that seems like a stupid question, okay? Mm -hmm. Background was, what was he like? Mm. Um, my father was a musician as well. I would like to say that um, being around that growing up, my, it's uh, my brother and I and both of us ended up becoming musicians. And um, I think that's very much in part to the fact that we grew up with music around us. My father was hilarious. He, um, he was just like a funny guy. He wanted to be so cool. My, my father passed away with no tattoos on him. And I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but he always wanted to get a tattoo. He once went on a trip with my mom and calls me. I, I do personally have tattoos and he calls me and he goes, Aaron, 
there's a there's a tattoo studio down the street from the hotel. I think I'm going to get a tattoo. Like as if me at, you know, 20 years old can give him advice about a tattoo. <laughs> and he, I would go, well, dad, what do you think you're going to get? And he's like, I think I'm going to get like you know, a bald eagle with an American flag behind it. (laughs) Like he just, he was that, there was so much of that that was joking, but part of it was kind of serious because he just want, he's a cool guy. He, he, um, it's, it's hard for me even still. It's been, you know, seven years since he's passed, but like to speak in him in past tense, Mm. um, because there was one moment where when we sat down after his diagnosis of pancreatic cancer, you know, he always said to me, you are a part of me and I'm part of you and, and having you kind of live beyond me and, and, and spread who I am to the world through you is, is, uh, makes me feel like he's always here. Um, so he's just, you know, I came in here bubbly at, at, 5 30 in the morning and and like that's the kind of guy he was too he he just was um a great guy and and wanted to see a smile on everybody's face and i truly do believe that i'm just you know i i'm my father's daughter in that sense so if you see me and you enjoy me you probably would have enjoyed my dad Mm. so with that diagnosis um and the um, the knowledge mm. of pancreatic cancer. I mean, how much did he know? How much did you know about it before he was diagnosed? I had known no one really truly personally to me that had ever had cancer. So I didn't understand what that reality really meant. Wow. Yeah. So that was like a freight train in itself when I first found out that my dad had cancer, mm-hmm. let alone pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. I don't know what that is. Um, and knowing not, well, not really knowing what the journey was and how that whole thing was going to play. It's, it's such a weird thing to, you know, when my father told me that he was, had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say. I, my mom told me not to look on the internet, not to check out any statistics because as Michael had said, it's, it's hard to think of numbers when it's someone so close to you. It's my dad. It's my everything. I'm a daddy's girl. And to, you know, hear that and then think, oh, well, I've been to, I've been to race for the cures for breast cancer. I've seen survivors like we're going to survive this. Right. And, um, there was that feeling of kind of hopelessness where my dad said, it's, it's not even that I want to believe that I can survive it. It's just that I'm in stage four and that Mm -hmm. doesn't really happen here. That's not what this means. Like, and, um, having him kind of just, I don't know if it was surrendering to it or just trying to, I don't know if it was like tying up loose ends before he left, but it was just that feeling like, okay, this is, this is what it is. This is what it's going to be. And we're just going to try to make the best of it. Um, and for me personally, it was a crazy time because it was while I was on the voice, um, the whole process all happened at the same time. I didn't really know how to feel. I, half of me was living my dream and being on a TV show and performing for the world and 
doing something amazing professionally and the other half of me was struggling personally um, in the hardest situation that I've ever been in. So it was a very weird time in my life to not really know how to feel. Um, but for me, I do believe that the voice gave my family something to look forward to. I remember my dad telling me that he was going to tell his doctors, you know, my daughter's on the voice you know, I, <laughs> I, I want to be able to see her on the show. And, um, unfortunately he, he wasn't there cause there's pre taping, but, um, yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm rambling, but I could talk about my dad for hours. <laughs> he, he was just an amazing guy. But uh, yeah, when we did have the the diagnosis, I didn't really, I, I didn't know what to do because at the end of the day, he's still my dad, no matter mm-hmm. if he has a disease or exactly. not, he's still going to deal with it the way that he would deal with anything is just, all right, this is, this is what it is. And let's, let's make the best of it, I guess. Yeah. That kind of, um, relating of experiences how does that help the organization's uh, well two things recruitment of volunteers and also advocacy work because you're telling stories and i'm assuming michael this happens all all the time in terms of stories being told by survivors survivors um by relatives um does that help in perhaps crystallizing exactly what this is like for people who are diagnosed? Well, completely. I mean, just listening to to Aaron is so moving, and we need to get that story out. People need to know about this. The problem with this disease is that it's so lethal and that survival is so short that you don't have – it's not like some other causes where you have thousands of survivors standing up at um, – at a walk. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. people are surviving, you know, on average, we talked about this five years. So we need to tell our story. We need to get that urgency out there. And just what you're talking about, Bob, it's for awareness. It's for advocacy. To, so everybody understands the urgency of this. But I can say, and, and it's been so moving to me as being a part of this organization. You know, it used to be uh, we'd have an event. We have an advocacy day in June in, on Capitol Hill where we all march to our congressman's office and, and talk about the urgent needs for, for funding. And it used to be we'd ask um, people, anybody who has survived over five years, stand up. Anybody who survived 10 years, stand up. And it used to be just a handful of, of people. And last year, um, we really had a whole a breakfast full of hundreds of people of survivors standing up. And I don't think there was a, a dry eye in the house as we see these numbers of survivors grow every year. And that's why we can't stop. We have to work so hard every day. All right. Let's talk about Purple Stride New York. What exactly is it? So Purple Stride is a 5K. Uh, it's also a humongous part of fundraising for pancreatic cancer action network. Um, it, for me as someone who's been affected by it, it's a place to find community in something that can be really horrible. Um, I've been a part of so many purple strides across the country and every time you go, it's like, it's kind of, it sounds so weird, but it's like a family reunion. Like you, because you know what everybody has been through you've, Mm -hmm. and, and it's such an intense experience being a part of something, um, like that. And, and, and to see more people each year 
becoming involved in Purple Strides. And this year, um, being able to perform this new song that I have written at them is, is going to be definitely a different experience. But um, like my mom, I'm from Maryland, so my mom pers- participates in the Purple Stride DC. And she is a runner, so she has her whole group get together and every year it's grown. I think last year there were, I think like 60 people just on my mom's team. And it was such a beautiful thing to like have them all wear, you know, Chuck Willett, which is my dad's name, Chuck Willett shirts. And, um, and it just, it it feels good to be able to create that hope that at one point we didn't feel like we had. If I can uh, jump in there, Bob, just on what Aaron's saying, it's so true. And we talk about, Purple Strider is in everything we do, but it, it makes everything we do possible. So we depend on, we, we have a goal of trying to raise $700,000 this year uh, at Purple Stride. We have, it, with a week left, we have about 1,200 people who uh, are signed up and registered. Um, and I just, it, it um, we've raised just since I think it's 2011, $3 million here. It, it makes all of this research we need to do and all everything we've been talking about, it makes it possible. Okay. Contact information, um, if somebody's interested in participating, how do they go about it? Uh, slash purple stride. You can register. You can come that morning and register. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can register starting at 8 a.m., uh, opening ceremony, and the wonderful Aaron Willett uh, <laughs> started at 9.15, and then the, the walk is at 10 uh, in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. So we'd love to have everybody come on out. Now, I've got to ask, because you've mentioned this a couple of different times, tell us about this song that you wrote. Yeah. Um, so my dear friend, I, I uh, am a singer-songwriter, and I write songs a lot, but one of my dear friends that I've written songs with, her name is Liz Russo. Last year, she called me and said that her father had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and knew of my story and she calls me and she's like, we got to do something and not to belittle anyone in the arts career or anything like that. But I was like, what am I going to do? Like I, I, I do advocacy for PanCan and I'm out there, but I, I just, I was like, well, what are our talents? We write songs, we sing songs. Let's, let's write a song. Let's take this because Liz at the time was just devastated her father like me we were were, we are daddy's girls so um earlier this year i went to california and got in a room with her um another songwriter tova litvin whose mother actually survived pancreatic cancer um with an early diagnosis and uh we had a gentleman dan whitmore who was producing the song and in a day in a very, very long day and session, we wrote this song called Hope's Alive. And it just connects with our experience as caregivers, as family members, as people who might not have personally been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, but feel that diagnosis just the same. And we wanted to write a song for survivors and for people who are battling the disease and for caregivers and for anyone affected. And it's just a song that it, for me, it just was therapeutic to be able to go through and say, all right, let, let's do this. Not for us, not just for us, but for everybody else. And, um, 
to be able to finally have it come to fruition. It's actually going to be released on Friday, April 13th, the day before Purple Stride New York. And I will be performing it bright and early at 930 um, in Prospect Park. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to share it with the world and especially with the pancreatic cancer community because I feel like when you hear the song, you can understand that struggle if you've been through it. And even if you haven't, I'm sure that there are people that go through things all the time that feel hopeless and just need someone to stand right next to them and say, I'm going to be here for you. Last night, I performed at Rockwood Music Hall and we had some people from the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network community come out and there was a woman, Amy, who lost her partner and I performed the song and she came up to me afterwards and she said, I absolutely know every feeling that you described in that song. I was there. I, I, I get that. And um, that just meant the world to me to be able to connect because I think that's that's the reason why we're here on this earth is just to share our experience and connect with people. And unfortunately, it's in a situation where we're coming together because we've lost someone else, but it's still, you know, a big part of, of why we are here. So, um, yeah, so the song is called Hope's Alive. It'll be available on all platforms, all of the proceeds, all the profit, all of the money that we raise through streaming and sales will be going to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. So, um, look for it. It will be out on every, you know, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, (laughs) all the things. Um, just please, please give it a listen and hopefully it'll speak to you. Like, it spoke to Amy. The voice of Aaron Willett, she and Michael Rosen in studio with us as we talk about the topic of pancreatic cancer. We'll talk more about the topic and also about Purple Stride New York as we continue. It is Sunday morning on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter in studio with us. Two guests talking with us about the topic of pancreatic cancer. The Pancreatic Cancer Action Network as well, and talking about Purple Stride New York. Purple Stride New York takes place when? Next Saturday, April 14th. Uh, Registration starts at 8 o'clock, and um, opening ceremonies at 9.15, and then the walk run kicks off at 10 at Prospect Park. Okay. One of the areas which obviously comes up in discussions like this, too, is the whole idea of when someone is diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, then what in terms of approach, treatment, and the like? Where are we? And I understand, you know, neither one of you are medical doctors, okay? And I'm not one either, though I may have played one on TV, okay? Um, That's a joke, folks. Um, The, I guess in the next hour, we'll kind of get a a little bit of perspective on where some research is going with uh, uh, medicine and the like, too. But what, I guess, can be done for somebody who is diagnosed? And uh, I'm so glad you brought that up. And, and in your next hour, Victoria Mannix, our chief uh, medical officer, who's really a leader in the field, can, can talk about this in great detail. But, um, but for about 15% of people with pancreatic cancer, they can get the, a surgery called the Whipple surgery. Um, it's certainly not a, um, it's a very complicated surgery. It, it, um, there's often after effects, but for about 15%, they're eligible for that. I mean, the key thing is, as we talked about early, 
earlier, is as soon as you feel some of these symptoms we discussed, whether it's the indigestion, the back pain, unexplained weight loss, jaundice, you have to see your doctor so they can start a program for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that is, we can't emphasize that enough. And, and our organization, and Victoria can talk about this a little more as well, is looking at, this is one of the reasons funding is so desperate, we're looking at early detection methods, mm-hmm. some early detection initiatives, maybe because um, we're seeing some um, incidents, higher incidents in early onset diabetes uh, with pancreatic cancer. So one of the reasons, you know, funding is so important is to find the keys to early detection. Yeah. And and to interject a little bit, I, I feel like that's why we have to talk so much about pancreatic right. cancer is because a lot of times with a diagnosis, it's usually in stage four and it usually is too late. So being able to speak about it and have this word be out there, um, have this organization be as visible as it possibly can be to create a conversation so that um, these symptoms don't go on unnoticed as they might have in the past. So pancreatic cancer right now, Bob, and sorry to uh, interrupt, is third leading cause of cancer death in this country after lung cancer and colorectal cancer. It's, it is on um, course to be the second leading cause of cancer death by 2020. This is a, just a course, you know, it just surpassed breast cancer. It had been fourth. This is a, a trend that's going in the wrong direction. Right. We need to reverse course on this quickly. Mm. And I would imagine that um, when somebody is diagnosed, you know, they want to explore all avenues. And Aaron, you mentioned something earlier that your mom gave you as um, information, (laughs) and that was to not go on the Internet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because unfortunately... While there's the internet can be a wonderful resource, as we all know, there's also a lot of nonsense on there, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of misinformation at times uh, too. How much of a problem is that when it comes to trying to promote the proper awareness of pancreatic cancer? It's such a problem. We hear that. Um, People's first line is to their loved one, please don't look at the internet. Besides the fact that it it will scare you to death, Mm. there's the misinformation. We urge people, and I'm just going to make another plug because there's nothing more important uh, than people knowing that there's help out there. 1-877-2-PANCAN. Advisors will answer the phone. If Mm. you're diagnosed, you have a loved one who's diagnosed, we send you resources. We tell you, we help guide you through the process. Here's the first things we, we could do. We have something called a clinical trial finder, which helps enroll people in clinical trials. That's your best course toward success, to get in a clinical trial that may match your specific kind of tumor. We can get you, try and match you with a clinical trial. We can try and find the, the most um, qualified pancreatic cancer um, surgeon or cancer center in your area. And then that advisor, you don't go from advisor to advisor, that advisor will continue with you through the process. So when you call, you get the same person, you're comfortable with that person. We can't emphasize enough, please call us, we're here to help. Okay, now, the other thing is that very often in discussions like this and um, in this area, people look for things that are 
going to fall in the quote-unquote non-traditional area. And I haven't even given out the phone number, but I know we have a a caller who I think is going to ask a question or raise a point along those lines, so I'd like to work that in. WFAN's toll-free line, 877-337-6666. It's brought to you by Mohegan Sun. Unlimited possibilities await you at Mohegan Sun. Plan your stay at mohegansun.com. You want to join us in this discussion and you're on point with what we're talking about on this topic of pancreatic cancer, you can. 877-337-6666. That's our phone number here at WFAN. Let's go to Tony in Patchogue, who's been holding for some time. Tony, uh, thanks for holding on so long. Good morning. Welcome to the fan. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Okay. Uh, Thanks very much to Erin and Michael for raising the awareness about pancreatic cancer. I'm sure a lot of people have known of pancreatic cancer and the the poor uh, survival rates for long-term survival for pancreatic cancer because many times it's unfortunately is diagnosed at stage four mm-hmm. or late stages, and many people are lucky if they survive more than a year or two at the most. Uh, it's great that they're raising awareness and fundraising and pain can and everything else. That's wonderful information and um, great work that they're doing. So, but uh, I work with uh, supplements uh, for a website that advertises dietary supplements that are based on real science. This is not hocus pocus. This is real science. Uh, it's based on real clinical cancer research that has been done over 50 or 60 years. Uh, the website is, if I could give that out, Actually, to people you know, who might be interested. I'll be, I'll be very honest with you. I'm not sure that I want to go that route, and that's nothing against the website itself, but um, I'm trying to keep us on point and on focus with where we're going in uh, this discussion, and I appreciate your perspective on that and passion uh, for that, uh, but I think it's going to kind of derail us somewhat. I would like you to um, I would like you to leave your information because I'd like to follow up with you on this perhaps at another time. That are right. underlying a lot of cancers. Okay. And Doug Kaufman, who's a researcher, <clears throat> actually has a TV show, mm-hmm. and uh, he has done over 30 years of research on, this is medical research, on cancer and fungus. And many times there's a connection between candida fungal problems and cancer. I understand that. All right. Hang on for a second, Tony, because I think the other aspect of this is I think we're going to need more time than we can really get into in this call. Hang on for a second. I'm going to let Anthony get your information so that I can be in touch with you off the air. All right. Hang on. All right. Um, Now... And again, as I said in uh, introducing Tony, I'm sure you know people look look for answers, okay, and they're going to look wherever they can. Mm-hmm. All right, whether it's traditional, non-traditional approaches, they want answers. They want to survive. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the passion that is brought to an event like Purple Stride. How can you explain? what the atmosphere is like that morning? (laughs) I just feel like um, you feel like you can do something. You can change. And all of 
the moments where you felt hopeless, there is hope in a purple stride. And, you know, for someone like me, who's a performer, a singer songwriter, I'm here to share my story. I'm here to share my experience. And so is everybody else. And to be able to feel like when I look out and see people with survivor sashes, people with caregiver sashes, um, and see that we can do something um, together is uh, just a powerful feeling. And uh, that community is something that is invaluable to me. And, um, and, th- and that's what drove Liz and I to write this song and uh, Hope's Alive and now being able to perform it at and perform it at Purple Strides and perform it on April 14th in Prospect Park. It'll be a new experience for me to be able to share my story again in a different way. And uh, it it is just a a great event and uh, a great way to to create advocacy, to share stories and, and create hope. I've never gone to one of these events like Aaron is talking about and not had tears in my eyes. When you just, all you do is walk and watch people who don't know each other, but are hugging each other mm-hmm. and just saying, I lost my dad, I lost my mom. And they're here just out of that passion to make a difference. It's just whichever way you turn, you turn left, you turn right, and people are hugging and just... Um, trying to honor their memory of their loved ones. It's so moving. And then how do you use that, the momentum that comes from an event like that to further your efforts as an organization? In other words, how does Purple Stride, outside of obviously raising funds, how does it help the organization? Well, it's an awareness effort. I mean, you're going to have uh, Tommy on in the next hour, who's the New York City affiliate chair. Um, we are driven by the passion of our volunteers. So it doesn't start and end with Purple Stride. We have events throughout the year. We have information we share on social media. We would love people to, who are listening who um, can join us. We need more volunteers to help because we need to, to grow these affiliates. Um, we, we call our... Uh, you know, our color is purple and we call it the, uh, you know, our, our purple army uh, of, of grassroots volunteers. We need people to join. So hopefully people come to these events for the first time or are listening this morning and they decide they're going to come out or they want to join our volunteers. And, and that's what keeps us going. All right. I didn't ask this question earlier. I think I may have asked this once before in one of the um, discussions on Purple Stride New Jersey, but not everybody was listening uh, to a previous discussion. I always think they are, but the reality is they weren't. Okay. Why purple? What's the significance of the color purple? You know, it's a good question. I, I know we have um, Pam Marquardt, our founder of, of PanCan, talked about. She founded the organization, and I, I, sh- I should have mentioned this earlier, um, after her mother passed away. Mm-hmm. And the first person she hired, Julie Fleshman, is now our CEO, was the first volunteer after her dad passed away. Uh, and Julie right, was the first volunteer, first staff member, and now it's 140 people uh, nationwide you know, with, a, um, you know, with this army that we talked about. Pam talks about that it was her mother's favorite color. I don't know if that is... Um, completely, um, you know, accurate. I hope so, Pam, if you're listening. But um, yes, I think uh, she talked about, um, she did it in honor of her mother. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned the fact that you 
need volunteers. What do you say or how do you describe what goes into somebody being qualified to be a volunteer? A lot of people are listening to us and thinking, well, I don't know, maybe I could, maybe I couldn't. I mean, I think it's just passion and, mm-hmm. and working hard that qualifies you. We have volunteers who help run the Stride events and help set up. We have uh, media chairs who work on um, social media. Uh, we have, you know, people who can do any sort of roles. So um, you come there and you join this group and we find the perfect role for you. Yeah, I was going to say your, your role kind of is dictated by what you're good at. I'm a singer-songwriter and I wrote a song for Pancan and now it's the anthem and I am so you know I didn't think that I really could add much but that's what I was good at so that's what I'm doing Aaron Willett and Michael uh, Rosen in studio with us talking with us about the work of Pancan Pancreatic Cancer Action Network Purple Stride New York takes place next Saturday website www.pancan.org slash purplestride. What time can people show up? People can show up as early as 8 o'clock. Opening ceremonies begin at 9.15 and the walk run at 10 a.m. in Prospect Park. Let's hope you exceed that $700,000 goal in terms of fundraising. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. And certainly good luck with your song, too, Aaron. Thank you. I hope you download it. Hope's alive. You better believe I will. (laughs) All right. we got a lot more to get to as we continue the discussion on our program this Sunday morning. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.